So thanks, everyone. My name is Lindsay Littman. I'm part of the full-time MBA recruiting and admissions team here at the Ivy Business School. Today's conversation is focused with some of our um, great students, three of them here today, to share with you more about the inside the classroom experience, you know, comparing core to electives, how they sign up for electives, sharing what case method's all about. Uh, so we want to get to some of their experiences. And then certainly towards the end, we're going to open it up for some live Q&A in case there's some areas they haven't touched on that you'd love to learn more about their experience. You know, choosing an MBA is all about that fit piece. And Ivy is really unique with our case methodology. It certainly is one of our key differentiators. And it's hard to determine whether this is the fit for you when you don't really know what that's about. So that's what we're hoping today to learn from the experts, those who have been experiencing it firsthand for, wow, just over six months now. It seems pretty incredible um, that you're now, you know, veterans of uh, Case Method and your year is half, more than halfway over. Um, so with that, let's introduce uh, our students and we'll <coughs> learn more from them from today's session. So Susanna, let's start with you. If you don't mind just introducing yourself, uh, maybe sharing where you were before Ivy, both your career and even maybe your, your pre-Ivy education um, and even location. Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Susanna, and I did my undergrad at the University of Toronto and specialized in molecular biology and statistics. And after that, I worked in pharmaceutical biotech and cannabis for uh, five, six years, majorly in operation and compliance strategy functions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my pre-MBA experience. And uh, yeah, um, IBS was my top choice. We didn't pay you to say that either. So just uh, let everyone know that was uh, totally on her own to say that, but we appreciate that, Susanna, and so happy to have you as part of our community. Uh, Michael, over to you. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Michael. I, before I came here, I had my bachelor's of chemical engineering from Dalhousie University in Halifax. Uh, and after that, I worked in Alberta, just outside of Calgary for four and a half years. And I worked in at a food company called Cargill, where I worked in our management team on the engineering and maintenance side. Thank you, Michael. Nice to have you as part of our team. Another fellow engineer. We have many of those in, in our program. Uh, and last but not least, Karmesh. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, so I'm an automotive engineer by education, uh, primarily. Uh, post that, uh, my background, professional background has primarily been in entrepreneurship. I was an entrepreneur myself, and I've worked with startups as a consultant and as an entrepreneur in residence. Uh, and that, and after that, I've been at Ivy. So that's my background. So everyone who's from an entrepreneurship background or from a non, uh, for a very different background, please feel free to reach out. And if ever you're interested in creative backdrops or creative digital signatures, you should reach out to Karmesh <laughs> because uh, I swear that's like his side his side gig. Uh, whenever we get an email from him, it's like a new image. So love the creativity. That's obvious there. Uh, nice to have all three of you here today to share your insights in the program so far. So so right now you're in Oct so it's October. It's it's mid of the month. Uh, right now is actually a week designated for the Ivy Field Project to take time away um, to work on your sort of um, projects outside of the, the classroom. Um, now. Before we get to the Ivy Field Project and new venture creation, which is part of this time of the year, um, let's talk about sort of your maybe your if you can each share with me, but a brief summary of how you felt core went, how you found core fared, um, you know, whether it was adjusting to case method and just the overall experience of going through the day to day. What's sort of your takeaway when you reflect on, on core? Um, and Karmesh, I see you pondering. So I'm going to I'm going to go to you first on that one. I mean, a one word would be fast. Like it went by before I knew it. Uh, it was pretty interesting, though. Like uh, we came. Like I didn't have a, a background in finance or any of those subjects. So coming out, coming in, 
coming in hot, starting with accounting and finance. Uh, it was pretty challenging at first, but very, very interesting. Like back in India, we uh, learned with a very lecture or a theoretical approach, but this was very different. Like the way that I understand case method now is it's practical learning. And I really love that. So you won't get deep into the concepts, but you know the practical application of literally everything. So it, it's amazing. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Fast and amazing. Two, two words from, from that. And from non-traditional backgrounds, that's great too. Uh, now, Michael, you also you have an engineering background. Um, how did you find Core Went overall? What are your, sort of your takeaways from those first roughly six months in the program? Yeah, I would say the the first half was for me was challenging. I think a part of it too is being out of school for four or five years. So getting back into the swing of things um, was definitely a bit of a challenge. But at the same time, I I thought that coming to do your MBA, you need to learn those very core business skills. And I think that the, especially core one, you really I think by the end of that, you really nail a lot of those skills down and. I know my friends and I joke about it now, looking back, it's like, it's crazy to see how much we, we feel like we've learned even in such a short period of time. And I think that a core one, especially was a big part of that. And then I think as we got into core two, um, it's kind of a different pace. It was, a um, there was more stuff going on outside of the program, uh, and our classes were kind of, they were more tailored to specific, uh, industries or like operations, for example, where we're able to use kind of our core one skills like accounting and finance and put them together into real world application. So yeah, I thought the both cores were awesome. And yeah, it's crazy looking back on it now and in, in six months, how much, you know, we all feel like we've learned. Yeah, that, that's it. It's, it's amazing how fast it goes and then how much you actually get in that time, right? It's not that by going at a faster pace, you're not, you know, learning as much information. It's just the way that you're absorbing the information I find is faster as well, just through that conversation piece and learning from others. Yeah. Uh, and to clarify for the audience too, so core one is usually from March until the end of June. Um, and then core two is usually July and August. And those are all set schedules, Monday to Friday, uh, 8.25 a.m., I believe, or 8.20 a.m. until about 12.50 p.m. if I'm going to go right to the minute. Um, and it's always very important to be on time for class is what, is what I hear as some of the feedback. Um, now, Susanna, last but not least, well, how was your experience during those first six months adjusting to case, especially coming from a statistics background? Yeah, for sure. So I will say very similar experience with Michael and Karmesh. Um, core was definitely more intense. And especially at first, there are lots of theory at you with the finance and accounting, um, I don't which I don't have any background with. Um, but actually DMA is a easy course for me because I do have some statistics background and I help my teammates with that. Uh, but I also got very uh, a lot of help from like finance and accounting from team members as well. I think they really supported me that way so that I could have a, like other time um, to study on my as well. And I think moving on to core two definitely resonated with Michael uh, when he mentioned that uh, we use lots of skills that we learned from core one. And that's definitely a slower pace. Um, and while we are doing lots of recruiting outside of work uh, and also club events, but I do feel at the end, there might be a little bit stretch um, with the like back-to-back -back classes every day for the last two weeks and all the exams um, for the entire week. Um, but overall, it's a very good experience, like working with different learning teams, um, different strength. Yeah, I had a, car I had a team member with Carmesh for the, our last uh, learning team, which was nice. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's nice. And I, I love, uh, Suzanne, you touched on that help. 
right? There was DMA, which for many is a struggle. So you must have been really sought yeah. after uh, during that time. And then you're right on the flip side, there's courses that you're not an expert in. And I always love hearing from students that, mm-hmm. you know, there is this natural, um, you know, give of help with this generosity of helping others. So I'm the expert, you're not the expert, let's give and take and share our knowledge. And that's, you know, part of when we put you into learning teams, which are three during the first six months, you know, the program team works with making sure there are different backgrounds in those learning teams for just those reasons. So that way, when you are doing homework together, you're not all mastering one course and they're really struggling on the other course. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you you felt that experience firsthand. Um, so let's talk about like, the, as I mentioned, course schedule is set for you. So you have no choice in, in the courses that you have to take. Um, and again, the schedule is set for you, but coming to electives, it's very different. Um, so, you know, I'll open up to maybe Michael here. If you want to talk about, you know, what was the elective process um, in terms of how did you go about deciding which electives? And I know it's a point system. So did you have a strategy to use in your 100 points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think uh, coming into my MBA, I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do. I, I know that resonates with a lot of people. Uh, and I think especially during our core one, I, I really enjoyed our finance class. Like that, that was my favorite course I took. And, you know, kind of by the, as an, and I luckily I did pretty well in it. So I just felt that it was a good fit for me to continue to learn about finance stuff. So I kind of had the approach going into electives to try and uh, prioritize my points towards the finance courses. And so that that's what I did. And I took like our portfolio management class last semester. And then we start next week for our next elective period. And I'm in three of the finance classes again. But I think uh, in allocating your points, I think for like the most part, um, it's you're going to get into the classes you want, I think is pretty fair to say. And you might, there may be like one or two courses here or there that you, you might have to give. But I think for, for the most part, if you're interested uh, in taking a course and you put, you know, a, a decent percentage of your points towards that in comparison to the rest that they will be fine and you will you will get into the classes you take. And I think like negotiations, for example, is like a very popular course that was offered in elective period one that I wanted to take, uh, but I didn't get into it just because I was prioritizing my points more towards the finance classes. But the, like the good thing that I find the school does is because that's such a high demand class is that they offer it over multiple different elective periods. So, so you still have in a lot of cases, the option to take those extra classes if you didn't get into it the first time. So yeah, I was really surprised actually uh, how how straightforward the signing up for the elective period was and using the point system. I think for the most part, everyone's was pretty happy. Okay. No, that's that's great to hear. Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? There's always that, you know, you want, you can put your, all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, if you really want something. Um, but the program office is aware of those really popular courses. And I think since it started. Negotiations has always been a sought after course. It's just incredible the learning you get from it. So certainly for everyone listening today, if you do join us, that is one you, you certainly want to get into at some point. Uh, it's really worthwhile. Now, Karmesh, what about your experience with electives? How did you approach it? Did you have the same, I'm going to guess you didn't have the same finance approach. Maybe you did uh, in terms of your bidding process for electives. Um, my approach was pretty different. Like uh, the electives that are there are very, like a very broad like you have marketing electives you have finance electives and all the different like strategy electives in between so i kept like i uh approach it from a very learning perspective and i'm overloading every period so uh like i'm taking a couple of electives that i really enjoy like marketing and i'm taking finance elective like me and uh petter were in uh the portfolio management elective and then uh we're probably in derivatives elective as well uh, together and these electives i'm not taking from uh 
from a professional perspective i'm taking it from a personal development perspective like uh portfolio management really taught me how to manage my own portfolio right so you don't necessarily have to take it from a very professional development perspective you are free to like if you just take it from a learning perspective you will you have so much opportunity to learn so many different things it's it's i really like it like i have taken very very diverse uh, electives i'm i'm pretty sure what i want to do but uh, and so i've taken electives that will help me build those key skills but around that it's very diverse as much as i can learn okay okay that's that a good approach strategy. yeah fill out your tool belt while you're here right just know a little yeah. bit as much as you can and and then you can do with it what you see fit now susanna you know with your approach to electives did you uh, you know, reach out to faculty? Did you already have a set list of what you want to do? Were there any maybe faculty that you that taught you in the core that you thought, hey, what are they teaching? I really enjoyed how um, how their approach was to learning. Because I know sometimes that plays a role. It's like, for example, you know, is uh, Scott Loveland, is he teaching, an, you know, an elective course? I really loved how he did core. Um, that sometimes can drive which how you choose courses. Is any of that applied to you or what was your approach, Susanna? Um, I'm really choosing that strategically. So for example, like negotiation, I know that's going to be a very popular course. So I really put a lot of points on that. But for other courses, uh, I'm only putting like maybe one or two points. And use ChatGPT to help you to determine how many points, because I put in the capacity and interest level, and it will give you a rough idea. I also use Excel because, well, farm DMA, I guess. Um, <laughs> so to run yourself like a little bit model, <laughs> yeah. then it will spit out the points you should allocate for each course. That helped. Okay. Awesome. No, that is. I mean, it's certainly, I mean, no surprise you went to an Excel format. I mean, that's sort of your go-to, right, for for organizing um, the way you approach things, which yeah. makes sense, right? You got to do what works best for you. But I think the takeaway is there's multiple ways to approach electives and and whether you rely on others who've been through the program, faculty, driving on your own interests, uh, there's no wrong way to approach it. And the process is pretty straightforward. And the MBA program team will share with you that process. So you, you're going and clear what to do on that. Now, this time of the year, you know, you mentioned that next week is a new beginning of a, of, a, of a term for electives. So you're sort of one term almost complete. Part of the elective time frame is an option to take, but you, you ha- it's mandatory, which is ironic that it's during the elective time frame, but you have to choose either take an Ivy field project or do an adventure creation. And so with an Ivy field project, you are part of a local organization. Again, the, the company's determined there's a problem that's going on or a situation that you're trying to help them with. With the new venture creation, it's up to these um, creative and intelligent MBAs to bring forward ideas that they want to pitch as a business. And today, we are in the presence of three maybe um, budding entrepreneurs that are just part of the new venture creation. So um, maybe, Karmesh, if you don't mind talking to us about how you came to decide to pursue the new venture creation. I know you're an entrepreneur background, so it's probably very obvious for you, but uh, maybe about the idea. The idea, maybe it's confidential. You don't want to let everyone know just yet. But even just that whole process and working with, and finding teammates to work with you on this idea. Um, well, you know, actually, it was much harder for me because I came from an entrepreneurship background. So I was literally, uh, it was a very difficult decision for me because I was like, I've done this. So do I get enough value out of it, or do I just go for an IFP, which I have not done before, right? And uh, one of the and it was and I'm very glad that that I did first of all. Uh, and one of the things that really drove it for me was just the kind of importance that uh, the NVP or the Morissette Institute now commands and is commanding. Like I got into one-on-one discussions with Eric Morse, who leads the whole entrepreneurship program, 
and he laid out to me what nvp actually entails and let me tell you for everyone who's actually looking to start a company uh, going forward this is an amazing opportunity this is dead serious like they literally connect you to entrepreneurs they connect you to lawyers they connect you they give you a chance to pitch and raise money and they even give you uh, if you do pretty well you can get 3 grand a month to actually get this on like give life to your project so that was one of my motivations just because i understood what this really entails and what this could take you to so for me even though i had an entrepreneurship background i learned quite a bit about entrepreneurship in canada how the system really works here and just working with my uh, colleagues like my peers trying to brainstorm it and that's something that i love so that was kind of that has been my experience okay all right well that's interesting yeah i would have thought like you that would have been a shoe in for you like right away i want to you know pursue this but uh interesting that it was a, a difficult decision for you to pursue the new venture creation uh it is a year where there's more entrepreneurs in our program than ever as we get a higher uptake of those in the creation program uh and michael you're one of them as well so do you want to share a little bit about why you decide to pursue this side of the 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 assignment versus the ivy field project Yeah, absolutely. Uh so it's it's actually kind of funny, but before I came to Ivy, I never really saw myself as trying to go an entrepreneurial route. I'm not really sure why, but I just just never really saw that being a fit for me. And I I guess in in the summertime, I started, you know, talking to a few of our classmates who I've worked with in the past and they were mentioning like a new venture idea that they were uh looking at starting and I know uh one of the people in our group who's pretty serious about the idea is like is considering trying to uh go on with it when we finish the program. So I I for me it was more like a learning experience and and uh kind of like an eye-opening thing like I've never really been a part of entrepreneurship. I've never really seen it up close or anything. So I thought that uh this would be just a great way of again exposing myself to something new and seeing how how I like it, how I enjoy it and It's funny now that um that was only a few months ago and now I'm already trying to rearrange my electives cuz we're looking at taking the accelerator program uh after the holidays. So it's crazy how it uh it changes, but I think the biggest takeaway for me was is just, you know, being open to trying new things and don't uh don't just sign up for uh eat one way or the other without really thinking about um you know, maybe this isn't something you've done in the past or you don't see yourself doing it, but I think just keeping your your ears open and hearing what people are doing there's some pretty cool ideas and uh you can learn learn a lot. No, that's it's interesting you're right cuz you're trying to more traditional background you think why well, I don't know if I want to be an entrepreneur and I think there's a bit of uh, a lot of misunderstandings or myths about it right but it's like be creative mm-hmm. put forward some ideas see where it goes and there's a lot of support here for that. Now are any of the three of you in the entrepreneurship stream? So Karmesh is Michael not. you're not and Susanna you are not either. Okay. So Karmesh would you mind just maybe touching on that because that's part that does impact the electives in terms of how many you take and um sort of that sort of flexibility beyond what's required to be part of that stream. Yeah, uh so if you're part of the stream so you get taken off I guess 30 points from your bidding points. Uh so we had about 150 points or something like that if I remember it correctly. But uh so there are certain electives that are compulsory for you to take a uh, I think it's entrepreneurial finance, managing high growth companies, new venture creation and then you got to take the NBP. So those are the requirements and so and so I've not gone through all of them but uh what we got in the briefing was they're pretty much connected like so we just did new venture creation which was with Rob Hunter who's an expert entrepreneur himself great guy made a lot of money selling his previous company so he teaches <laughs> from a ra- lot of practical experience so that was pretty good uh we look uh, now I have entrepreneurial finance so uh, that's to come looking forward to that but yeah 
And at the end of it, you get in uh, a certificate of entrepreneurship. And I guess one of the other things also would be that you get to build a network with Eric and the Morset Institute, which by far would be, I guess, one of the most important things like network takes mm-hmm. you places. That's it does. And for those who aren't aware, so Pierre Morissette, um, we named our Entrepreneurship Institute after Pierre Morissette, um, who is uh, Ivy alumni. And uh, he actually started the, uh, well, the company that started the Weather Network. Uh, and so for anyone who doesn't know, Canadians, we love talking about weather, as we all do. And we heavily rely on that Weather Network app every day. And so we have Pierre uh, to thank for uh, getting started in that company uh, many moons ago. But yeah, it's very involved. And actually, there's so much growth now. We have a whole other building um, for the Western and Ivy entrepreneurship teams to work together in uh, Western's campus, which is just across the street from uh, our campus here. So looking at it, you've now six months into the program. Um, Susanna, can you talk to me about how when you first prepared for core class, you know, classes and like, oh my God, hours of homework, let's say, to preparation now for courses, is it the same intensity? Is it the same approach? Or has anything changed from then till now? Yeah, sure. It's definitely a different experience. At first, I feel like I have to read every single word um, from the case. Um, going through what each one of the questions after, uh, well, basically the professor will post the questions for each session and each group will uh, go through each one of the questions, answer them fully, uh, written in paragraphs. That's firstly how we approached it. Sorry, Susanna, you're just getting cut off again. You might have to be permanently on. Uh, on we all know we can skip the first. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. What what you have missed? Um, I don't, you know, I don't really, Karmash, you go and you're, you were like pointing, you go ahead. After the long paragraph point. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. So I think it's also really depending on the courses. So for example, the, uh, strategy courses, uh, maybe operation, we really need to read, um, it fully and be really prepared. Um, but for example, the negotiation course I took, um, the case is very short. I uh, basically get familiar with, uh, with the, the material and be prepared for the class, but it's not like you have to spend hours preparing for it. Um, but I do feel that feeling's coming back a little bit for my next period, which is transformational uh, leadership and corporate strategy. There are lots of heavy readings in terms of textbooks and cases. So I might start this weekend reading um, some of the readings as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. I, I hear overwhelmingly the change is pretty significant from um, ours. And I think there's also nervousness in the beginning. Um, maybe Michael, do you want to speak to how you're also your change from early on to now? Yeah, I think like I might be one of the odd ones, but like I think my preparation stayed pretty consistent. Um, you know, one of the reasons I came to Ivy is because I, I really wanted to work on my public speaking. Uh, and, you know, speaking in class is kind of the best way to practice that every day. And at least for me, I feel more confident confident speaking uh, when I'm well prepared so I, I tend to probably spend more time than a lot of people do <laughs> getting ready for class but I mean it, it kind of comes down to what works for you I think certain classes require more work preparation like finance is a good example where most of the cases come with a pretty detailed spreadsheet where you have to spend you know a few hours uh, prior to each class generally getting prepared for it uh, just so you have an idea what's going on and then maybe some other courses uh, it requires less time so I think you know, for me, it stayed pretty consistent, but I think, you know, being prepared is going to, it's going to only help you. I think, especially if you're similar to me in the sense that, spe- uh, you know, speaking in front of people is something you're not used to or makes you nervous. I think uh, just being prepared uh, definitely helps. And I think, you know, a lot of our grade comes from contribution as well. So I think 
all that preparation, it's only going to help you. No, absolutely. I mean, the worst is being cold called and you haven't read the case. That's not really going to yeah. leave a good impression. And you're not going to get the takeaway from the program, right? This is your one time to go back and invest in yourself and grow yourself that, you know, um, maybe it's worthwhile to not maybe be out as late and to actually read the case and come prepared. And then, you know, you just feel more confident in yourself. And so I totally understand that. It's probably less surprising going to case classes now than it was six months ago. You have an idea of how the faculty is going to treat it, how they probe on you and sort of deliver the classroom, which I think also you don't feel as anxious going into class, which might be a change um, from that. Karmesh, can you share maybe um, one of each, uh, something that you really enjoy with case, with case method learning? And then on the flip side, maybe you find a challenge with, with case method. Um, uh, Something that I really enjoy learning with case method learning, uh, as I alluded to before, like it's very, very practical, right? So uh, one of the times that I really remember was we were learning about lease accounting, right? And we like not coming from a very accounting background, never done accounting before. Uh, we we did not go into the depths of lease accounting, but I really, to this point, know how lease accounting works, how it can be used, how it can be used in a fraudulent way or a, a very positive way. So that was one of the things that very positively came out for me, at least uh, from the case uh, case method learning. Um, one of the drawbacks, you, you mentioned pros and cons, right? Is, yeah, is that what right. you're looking for? Yeah. You know, yeah, so, ch- opportunities, challenges, you know, yes, oh, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, one of the, okay, I'll, I'll first allude to another pro as well. So one of the things that I really like about case learning is it's, it's, it's a Socratic method that we do here, right? So, and your learning is not just limited to yours and the professor's learning. So it's not like, it's not a one-way conversation. The professor's telling you, you, this is how it's done. This is, this is what it is. It's really, really based on your peers. So I know one thing and it, it's very interesting to see that I might look at the same thing in a very different way that Mike would look at it. Right. And usually Mike's wrong, but, uh, but it's a very different perspective. So, uh, and, and that's one of the biggest pros of learning. So you learn about the same thing in 15 different ways, right? So that's my biggest takeaway from that. One of the cons that I would say is that uh, you don't get to learn something in a, in a very, in, in a lot of depth, right? So like just going back to the same example so that it's easier. Like I don't know every, I don't know how many, if there are multiple types of leave count, leaves accounting at this point, but I didn't know it, don't know it to the depth of it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the drawbacks, but it's like you wait. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, you're going to be managers at the end of the day. So right. it's more about the practical application of it and less about the depth of knowledge. At least that's how I see it. No, that's for sure. Mike, do you want to chime in on that? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say with, you know, what Karmesh mentioned about sometimes you might not get into the depth you wish. I, I think just the program in general from from my experience so far is that it provides you with like a very good overview of like so many topics. And then at the same point, it also, you know, provides you like the time and the resources that if you are curious about something that you have the ability to get into more depth. Cause I would say like, you know, finance is a great example of that. We covered so many topics that like maybe we didn't get into it as depth as I would have liked to, but it was a short period of time. And I think that the program offers you a lot of electives and other things down the road that will allow you to, if, if you did enjoy that and you see yourself trying to, you know, progress with a career in that, uh, um, that, that type of course, then I think there's a lot of resources to get into, you know, more detail as you go. 
Okay. No, that, that's great clarity. I mean, and that's the thing too with the general MBA program. You're going to know things to a certain degree. And if you want to go dive deep, you can. But we're often asked, like, let's say, special masters in marketing versus the general MBA. Well, if you want to be marketing for the next 15 years of your life, go masters of marketing. But if you think you might want to pivot to operations one year or, uh, you know, finance, that's where general MBA will round out your tool belt um, for your future career progression. So yeah, some great points by you both. One of the questions came through from our, from our audience and it's around the sort of, um, you know, doing the MBA, going through the curriculum and learning alongside with the career support um, and, you know, determining what do you want to do afterwards? I know, Mike, you mentioned you weren't sure exactly what you want to do after an MBA. Um, so can I'll open it up to all three of you. So whoever wants to, to chime in, uh, by all means, but maybe talk about your involvement with career management um, so far, maybe a brief overview in terms of, you know, um, your coaching appointments with them, maybe how they supported you to figure out um, your career journey during the MBA program. Okay, I will go. Uh, yeah, so I, um, yeah, for me, like I, like I said before, I, I came here not 100% knowing what I wanted to do. And I think uh, right off the bat in our first learning team, I think that, that's, a, in my opinion, an underrated, uh, mm-hmm. another resource that you can learn a lot about different careers. Because, you know, my first learning team, I had an accountant, I had a former like investment banker, like I'm an engineer, like we had a really w- wide range of, of skills and backgrounds. And I think just chatting with people, you can kind of get a sense of what's interesting to you. And that's kind of how I started. Like I never thought about, you know, uh, getting it, going into a career in finance and now right. speaking to some of my friends who come from those backgrounds, uh, you know, probe some of my interests. And then I take that, I start having my meetings with career management and I start to look for, you know, common skills of what I've done in my previous role or, or what I've learned that I can kind of use. And career management is very good for, you know, point out those skills that sometimes you don't even see that translate to a career that you might be interested in that you haven't worked in in the past. And I think, you know, career management is a very good resource, but I think to get your full use out of them, you also need to put the work in and you need to go there with it, with the game plan, uh, you know, some questions prepared and kind of have an idea of where um, you would like the conversation to go or the help you're, you're seeking. For sure. I mean, they're your partner in crime or your resource through it, but they're not going to spoon feed you either. So you have to come in with questions, ideas. You also also have a willingness to network and put yourself out there and meet others and maybe explore other careers that you're not that you're unsure of. I mean, there's a lot out there that you're not really aware of till you meet alumni there, right? And they've got some great events like Get Connected in June, where you really literally get connected with uh, alumni and corporate partners to learn more about them, what they're offering. You know, these partners want to get to know you, sort of let you know what they're all about and hopefully um, build some strong connections there forward. But yes, from the program start all the way forward, career management is integrated into the core curriculum, but also with appointments and workshops and recruiting activities. Um, I know this time of year is just sort of wrapping up that sort of a surge of on-campus activities, so traditional campus recruiting with info sessions. So like you mentioned before, that this elective time frame is maybe less classroom time, so to speak, in terms of your schedule. There's a lot more going on outside the classroom. And so the year fluctuates in terms of the busyness and the schedules for sure. So it's all about um, stay on top of your toes. Um, one question's come through, and and you know, again, either open all three of you to answer is around managing the work-life balance. So rigorous program, one year. Um, how do you make time for it all? I mean, you can't make time for everything, I suppose, but how have you managed student club involvement, going to class, um, certainly still getting your food in, showering, sleeping, all of that? How did you all, or how have you approached sort of managing your, your time in the program? Oh, okay, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll take this one in. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So when you come in initially, uh, it hits you like a wrecking ball. Uh, 
you don't know. <laughs> I like how you go to Miley Cyrus there. That's fantastic. It hits you like a wrecking ball. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it really does. Like, uh, because initially, like uh, Mike also pointed out, uh, like, initially, you and like Susanna also pointed out, like, you're making very detailed notes. Like, you don't know how much time commitment you got to do for every different thing, right? So you tend to spend a lot of time and you have that initial energy of like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all the contribution in class. So you go, you do all the detailed notes and stuff. So the academics take a lot of your time initially. And for me, at least, and a lot of us uh, initially it was a lot of eating out because we didn't have time to cook and stuff. We didn't know how to manage our time. But as it goes on, you kind of get used to it. You get to understand how to do cases. You know where to concentrate, what to not. So the time from three to four hours per case reduces to one hour per case. So you start getting time for other things. I remember, uh, I guess, first month, we didn't do a lot of extracurriculars. It was just uh, the weekend parties that we had. Uh, but as I think uh, April, May, June, uh, I think we had a lot more time. We started getting involved in intramurals. We uh, started uh, having regular soccer sessions and uh, 10 different things. So as you go on, you will learn to adapt. You will learn to do things more uh, efficiently, and then you will eventually have time to uh, have time for other things. So you don't need to worry initially. It will hit you. Uh, you'll have less time. Be ready for that. It's completely fine, but everything's going to be fine as you go on. Okay. Susanna, you're going to say something. Yeah, yeah. Susanna, you want to chime into that? Yeah, sure. Uh, for me, it's a slightly different approach. I would say uh, I do feel there. Are- lots of pick and choose you need to do uh, at first you pretty much um fall basically fall in on the courses for especially for the core one i don't think yeah i could do too much outside of that we still have parties and like club events going on but a more less i would say in the beginning um and starting from core two there are a lot of uh industry track um info sessions from companies coming in and you're trying to um book more appointments with career management um, to work on your resumes preparing for your um interviews so i think that's a different stage and uh, going into electives you really determine your own pace i know some people really front load their courses or backload um, and just focusing on job hunting at that time. So I think it's really depending on personal needs. Also, mm. also about your personal life as well, right? So because I have For families sure. and my partners in Toronto, so I do spend some time over there as well. So make sure um, my my life is balanced that way. Okay. So actually, you mentioned that, Susanna. Can you touch on, because the question we get asked a lot are those whose partner don't move to the city of London with them. How have you managed... Um, that relationship, I mean, you know, in terms of, um, it's a lot to have you be here, your partner be there. Can you speak to it at a high degree, like how, how you've decided to manage that, uh, pursuing your MBA while your partner is not in the same city as you? I would say that was definitely challenging from time to time. Um, cause especially from like in elective period, I tried to go back to Toronto every several weeks so I can spend at least weekend with them. Or, um, for example, this week we don't have to go into class, like into school. So I'll, I'll stay in um, Toronto and then um, connect with my colleagues online. So it really depending on your flexibility, communicate with your team members as well. How um, would that work for you? And also in terms of relationship management, it's really about mutual understanding. Uh, my partner do have chances to come to London for several days. 
when they're working from home, um, yeah, with their uh, work arrangements. So I would say it's definitely a mutual understanding, working out together with your partner and also with your teammates, um, yeah, to make sure this transition or well, this one year period would be smooth for all of you. Yeah, no, it's true. It's 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 a it's a big decision. It impacts everyone, your loved ones around you. So it's nice that you said it's a you have that healthy relationship and communication certainly is key in managing those expectations. So Suzanne, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I got another question coming through here. And given your statistical background and passion for quantitative analysis, uh, a question's come from the audience about um, the whether the program promotes statistical or quantitative analysis and business problem solving. So do you mind um, speaking to that to give some more information? Yeah, sure. So during core period, uh, um, there's one course called on uh, data analytics, well, decision making with analytics. So that's when you really got first exposure uh, of how to leverage data to make business decisions. Um, I think from statistic background, for me, making the analysis is pretty simple, but the hard part is making the business decision. So um, even though I have the background, but I learned a lot from this course. So how to make sound decision because there's no right or wrong answer most of the time um but just what makes sense for the business at the time and if you want to dive into more about uh data analytics there are two more courses one is data management offering in the first period and the other one i forgot the name um but it's a, a more advanced course for data uh, decision making for analytics, um, short for DMA. So if you really want to have more exposure, dive, um, really deep dive um, into this uh, analytics part, there are definitely lots of courses for you to have that chance. And you can also use what I have learned in other courses as well. So when you're doing finance um, or uh, corporate strategy, you can still use those analytical skills um, to help you to make a decision. Very comprehensive. Thank you, Karmash. Do you want to chime in here on that? Yeah. Um, just to add to that, uh, Susanna covered uh, most of everything, but just wanted to allude to, so there are a couple of things that you learn uh, with that. So you learn uh, optimization is a very big uh, part of it. So, you, so one of the cases I remember that we did was how do you how do you optimize production and where do you ship it to? So you have to optimize how much you're producing, when you're producing, uh, and which distributor you send it to and using an optimizing tool on Excel. So it's, it's very, very quant heavy. And some of the other things that you also learn is simulations, uh, a normal distribution, uh, and there's a whole bunch of things you learn. It's, it's a lot of analytics. If you really want to get into it, it's very interesting. One of the things that's really coming up is pricing strategies using analytics. So that's, that's very interesting. Uh, unpopular opinion. You'll either hate or love, uh, John Wilson. But he, <laughs> but I, I leave it at that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. For the record, that, I love for the record. You loved him too. Okay. You did too, Karmesh. Okay. Uh, you know, I was at Alumni Mixer last night and actually his name came up uh, along with Fraser Johnson to say similarly that it's, you're usually on either side of it, um, but they're both fantastic for, for you know, um, different reasons, but you might find a bit of a, a different approach to um ways, but excellent faculty here and uh, glad you both enjoyed your time. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, I'd love to ask in terms of a maybe favorite course so far. I'm going to guess with Susanna's data management related, but uh, maybe not. So I'm going to throw that there to see, you know, maybe Michael, do you want to start with some of your favorite courses so far you, you've taken in the program? Oh, and you're on, you're on mute, mute Mike. Michael. Sorry. Uh, always goofing up, Mike. 
What is this? <laughs> there we go. Uh, sorry about that. So, uh, yeah, I could think two or pro- uh, t- two favorite classes. One was uh, our finance class first semester uh, with Craig Dunbar. I think one like it, we just learned so much material, and Craig is just such a good professor that he's able to take like a complex topic. And you know, there's people in our class like myself who has no finance experience, and then I'm sitting next to somebody who is like a, an investment banker at J.P. Morgan knows a lot about finance so and you know Craig teaches the course in a way that you can both get a lot out of it and it doesn't matter kind of where you're at uh in terms of your finance knowledge that it's just uh everyone's learning which is awesome so that would be one for sure and my second one would be operations uh I had with Scott uh, Loveland um I come from an operations background uh I enjoyed that stuff so I I really enjoyed that course it's uh something I see myself working in down the road again, most likely. So I think there's just, you know, I worked in there for almost five years and a lot of the topics that we learned in that class, like I had never thought about before. And like now looking back at my previous employment, it's, it, there's so many skills that like, wow, if I would have known that back then, maybe I would have done something different. And I just think it's, it was a really eye opening course for me. Awesome. That's great. Thanks Mike for that insight. Um, Yeah, I guess uh, Mike nailed it. Uh, Dumber is, I guess, our entire batch's favorite, I guess. The whole Ivy's favorite, I guess. Uh, yeah. he, he's he's just too good, uh, and he taught finance in a, in a very understandable way. I had a very similar experience uh, to Mike. Uh, did not come from finance background, understood everything that he taught. Uh, probably one of my highest scoring marks, but uh, subjects. But apart from that, there were two other subjects that I really loved. Uh, again, uh, going back to DMA uh, by John Wilson, uh, that guy really pushes you in a very unique ways, if I can say that. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, like just integrating uh, analytics into decision-making, which was very, very interesting to me. Uh, I had not done that before, so learned a lot there. And just my latest course, Portfolio Management uh, by Soren. That guy comes from a lot of experience, uh, taught us a lot of practical things, very, very involved uh, way of uh, teaching. So really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, I guess those are my top three picks. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Karmesh. And last but not least, Susanna, what are your thoughts on the favorite courses so far? Yeah, definitely hands down to DMA and uh, finance. Because that's my first time taking any finance courses. Okay. Um, but I managed to basically master the material. Um, I got a pretty good grade uh, for both midterm and final, which made, yeah, I think, yeah, I did pretty well. So, and Craig is definitely a very good professor in terms of teaching the material, help you to understand and give you examples of like real life examples from companies. Mm. Um, and also for DMA, it's it's in the nature of the material that I love it um, since I was undergrad. So um, I, I was naturally intrigued by the accountant. And also, like I said, the decision making process, um, it's really, you can apply that in real life after you graduate uh, when you're managing a business. And yeah, negotiation, right? I just took it in first period, which is uh, top notch of the uh, IV courses. Uh, you get hands-on experience with different roles. Um, yeah, so I really recommend taking that course, but I can't really give any more details beyond that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, I think there are two more uh, offerings later on, yeah. I just want to add Romel's name to the list as well. He Romel, and his yeah. energy, yeah, is just great. Like we, I guess that was the most enjoyable class of all the classes that we had. Oh, okay. The, the gold star goes to Romel. Okay. 
Love it. Um, but one final question for you all, if you can quickly uh, touch on this question came through uh, about your rewarding extracurricular experience. So we've talked a lot about the classroom and electives, and but there are a lot of student clubs and even activities that happen outside of formal student clubs. So if you can each just quickly share what you found to be maybe your most rewarding or enjoyable outside of the classroom experience so far at Ivy. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, one of my most rewarding experiences outside of class so far this this year has been uh, being a part of the um, organizing the Ivy MBA golf tournament we had. Uh, Kar- Karmesh and I were senators. Uh, my roommate is on the uh, one of the VPs for our student body. So uh, we all got to work together and um, organize a tournament. Bring out a lot of people in our class who've never played golf before. Uh, I've played a lot of golf growing up. And so it's something that I, I like being able to share some of, um, you know, skills that like I've learned and help helping people for the first time who've never been on a golf course was a lot, was a great day. So I think that that would be for me, the number one. And I think number two would just, uh, this summer we played, uh, on the softball team, uh, here at Ivy, uh, law ball against some of the other masters programs at Western and just a great way of, you know, building better and uh, stronger connections with your peers and just, uh, having a good laugh, not, uh, not in the classroom. Yeah. It's nice to kind of take that energy outside the classroom and sometimes you just stress relief or just fun, right? Have that camaraderie, um, not just in classroom conversations. That's helpful. Um, I just want to say, uh, you guys probably missed the big grin that Mike had when he was talking about golf and his experience <laughs> in, <laughs> in golf. Oh uh, uh, shit. But, um, yeah, so I guess um, I'll speak to something different apart from uh, the golf experience and all the intramural uh, fun we have at the intramurals. So uh, apart from that, we have a lot, a lot of parties, right? Uh, if, uh, and uh, I'm not sure if I can say this, but. Um, you can say it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Work hard, play hard. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you are uh, coming to IV, uh, get that liver working up. Uh, it's it's an you'll have an amazing time. Uh, most of the very good bonds uh, happen all o- over the weekends. We have the wine and culinary club. We have we recently had a wine and painting night, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we have multiple such events. We have a ha- Halloween party coming up. Uh, we have we have amazing social reps, and we go on. We went to a Niagara tour recently with the whole winery tour. We went to Niagara, hit the casino, and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so it, it's amazing. You it's not. Just know this, that it's you'll not be just buried with your head inside the books and in the class. You'll have a lot of very good experiences with your entire batch. You'll go play, have fun, probably drink, and uh, yeah, just have a great time. There's there's a lot of stuff that'll happen. Good. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I know the City of London, sometimes you're like, wow, is there going to be fun? Is there things to do here in London or activities? And there are. So rest assured, there's lots of opportunities to be social. And whatever that means to you, it's encouraged to get out and, cl- and uh, connect with your peers. Last but not least, Susanna, what about you? Final and uh, sort of a fun or most rewarding extracurricular during your time at Ivy so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be quick. Karma actually took my point, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the other one is because I'm the president for the Pride Club. So we do organize monthly regular events and we're planning for later on training, uh, maybe panelist uh, discussion later on this year. So I do think 
outside of work, there's definitely ways for you to connect with your colleagues and peers starting different topics. Um, it can be fun. Sometimes it might be a little bit serious in terms of the news um, recently happening. So there are a big supporting system outside of uh, the school as well. So that's what I really enjoy so far. And yeah, I hope to build uh, the community even more better um, in the rest of the year. Awesome. I uh, agree, Susanna. I'd love to grow that further. So thanks so much, Susanna, Mike, Karmesh, for your time today. Really appreciate you sharing more, you know, the experience inside the classroom. It's hard to glean from a website. So appreciate you sharing uh, your insights, your candor, and a great, uh, feels like a wrecking ball type of experience. So some some great takeaways from, from the program. To our audience today, we hope you take away more of what the day-to-day is like here at Ivy. It is a really rewarding experience. Yes, it's rigorous. There's lots on the go, but uh, hopefully the takeaways you understand that it's it's worthwhile and that it's doable and your priorities change, the schedule changes, but uh, it's a really rewarding, worthwhile one year. And um, these, three, these three students are just halfway through it. And they're still looking healthy and smiling and things are going well. So though I'm sure there's been some tough days, they, they've certainly persevered and, you know, grown the resiliency as one of the soft skills through the program. So thanks to you all. Really appreciate it. And, um, you know, look forward to our audience. You stay in touch with our admissions and recruitment team. We're here to help you along the journey as you figure out how you know to buy an MBA and whether the Ivy MBA is the right fit for you. 